there are nine life-altering personality changes that are the evidence. Now, this is when the person starts really squirming at the table. Say, we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit, and what we're going to do is going to examine if God is at work, and if you've surrendered the soil of your life to the Lord, just as I am to be, we are going to see visible crops that show up in every dimension of our life. That's what the fruit of the Spirit is. They're the evidence of what the Spirit of God brings into our life. He changes our personality. He alters our life. He starts plowing, plowing, and disking, and spraying, and and preparing, and then he plants, and he waters. There's a crop that he's looking for in our life, and there are nine of them, and, and here they are. Number one, love. By the way, don't think of love as how I treat people. It starts with how I treat God. See, love, it starts loving God. And then it flows into how we treat people. And if you see someone that has a little problem with the way they treat people, it's because there's a defective connection in their love of God. And so it says in, in Romans 5, 5, love is the absence of selfishness. It's the product of the Holy Spirit that flows out of our lives through the power of God. The whole law is fulfilled by loving God and our neighbor. That's what Jesus said. Love involves always a sacrifice. It's not a feeling. So let's do a personal checkup questions. Do I sacrifice my way so I can follow God's way. Now you say, where does that come from? Well, John fourteen twenty one says, He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me will be loved to my Father, and I will love him, we'll manifest ourselves to him. The basis of my relationship with God is that I respond to his word because I love him. If you love someone, You want to please them. You want to do what pleases them. Jesus said, I always do those things that please my Father. Why? Because he was scared to death of him? Because he thought God was going to hurt him? Because he loved him. How do we show love? We sacrifice. God so loved that he gave. Do I give up my way, sacrifice my way, so I can follow God's way? Hmm, What is God's way? Hmm. Matthew 6, I would pause and say, you remember that verse? But seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's rule in your life. Do you do that? How about Matthew 4, 4? Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Does God's way have a priority in your life? Is God the priority or is he secondary? And you know what? In our world of Christendom, 21st century, it is fashionably accepted in the church to have Christians who have lost their first love. And God, basically it's like this. If, if, uh, uh, let me get another page in there. If you have a shelf This is the top shelf. This is the number one spot. 
And when we got saved, God was up there. And everything else in our life was to be under his gracious lordship. But what happens is, not more important than God, but, you know, I gotta work. You know, I gotta please my family. You know, I've gotta, I've gotta, you know, enjoy life a little bit. And what we do is, a lot of other stuff gets on God's shelf of the top spot. All of those things are part of life, eating and sleeping and working and loving and amusing and entertaining. I mean, as long as it's not directly sin, they're all okay. Now, they don't count forever, and a lot of them are going to be burned up in the fire. But God says, I want, I want to be the priority of your life, and everything else I want to be secondary. So, is that kind of love operative in my life? I meet people, because I grew up with one, my dad, who got offered at General Motors double time to work Sunday. Do you know what? During those years at General Motors when they were conquering the world, there were so many godly men that were absent from the church because they got double time. And what'd they do with their double time? They bought a boat, they bought a cottage, they bought a nicer car, and they did not sacrifice their way to follow God's way. You know what, my dad, after one week of double time, he went back in, he says, I'm not going to work anymore. He said, I felt so horrible knowing that the church was gathering, my Sunday school class was gathering, that I taught, my family was gathering, and what was I teaching my family? That if someone will pay you twice as much, you can neglect the only time the body of Christ gathers in the week as a body to earn a little more money. Wow. Does anybody think of that anymore? Mm-mm. If you want your kids to excel in sports, you've got to travel every weekend. If you want them to excel in anything, you've got to travel every weekend. We almost count on the fact that as soon as sports season starts, we aren't going to have any of the key people because they are out tromping into hotels and sitting out in the rain at fields. What is that teaching your kids in 20 years when they look at all those trophies and those state things and they got the big scholarship to go to the state school where, by the way, they lost their faith? What does it teach them? That your way is more important than God's way. Very interesting to think about, but I can feel the tension. I'm going to get off of that point. Do I sacrificially deny myself so God gets his way? We all have 168 hours a week. Am I denying and seeking first the Lord? Or do other things? Now, can, you think this is a little... Uh, can you imagine sitting across the table asking people these questions and waiting for an answer? When do you have your time with the Lord? When do you schedule that? Is, is that a priority? When do you read God's word? What are you getting out of it? When's the last time you read it? What did you find last time? By the way, can others, the people close to us, trace your progress in expressing God's love? Do those who watch me see me as less selfish, less self-seeking, less doing my own way than I was last month?